Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening, everybody. It is Saturday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, assistant sports editor for multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined right now by Christopher Carter, host of the North Shore Drive podcast. Uh, Paul Zeiss will be joining shortly. He is in brief transit, um, so we'll have lots of opinions to throw at you guys tonight. Um, So for now, uh, Chris, how are you feeling? It it feels like the Steelers are done after this 30-13 loss at Indianapolis tonight uh, that was pretty lifeless after those first couple of possessions. I mean, there's no other way to, to, to describe this team right now. It's dead in the water. I mean, you get you get a 13-point lead. You get everything you want to start. And granted, on defense, you could point to and say, hey, look, tough injuries, losing Mika Fitzpatrick, Demonte Casey ejected for something I don't think that he should have been ejected for. But you need to show some life on offense, and you just didn't. Uh, you, you got your early touchdown, which would – good job. You finished that one drive. Then you got a blocked punt that set everything up. You were doing everything you were supposed to do, and then your offense gives you zero help after that holding calls everywhere i'm pulling up stats now to see if i can find how many penalties there were for the steelers because that was that was atrocious as well but this was this was another terrible loss in a line of three terrible losses and adam it is so crazy to think how far this team has fallen in just the past month they at one point they were seven and four coming home to play two two win teams uh you know i was i was i flipped on the game i had the game on like right at the end there and they flipped to uh, you know, Bob Pompiani and Chris Hoke and Hoke was talking about, you know, this team, if they had just beat, handled their business, even if they'd gone two and one in this last stretch, they'd be nine and five right now, staring at a really good ch- chance of the playoffs. Now they're seven and seven. They're the 11th seed in the playoff race. And now they have to come home and play a, a Bengals team that's playing better than they are with a backup quarterback. And then they have to go on the road. I, I have to think that this season is, is toast for the Steelers with the way that they're playing right now. Yeah, Chris, I want to dig into that a little bit more here. Uh, before we do, just want to thank here at the top of the show, our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of our podcast, Steelers Post Game Show, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Chris, the, the, you know, the first question I had written down is, are they done? Um, All the things you mentioned, all the teams that are now ahead of them in this pecking order, it's mathematical, mathematically possible. You can get to 10 wins. Um, But the way they look tonight, the, the teams that they have to play Mm -hmm. um, and the, and the, the dominoes that still might have to fall in, in some tiebreaker scenarios, even if you get to 10, you know, with another AFC loss on your ledger against a team that's in the hunt, um, you know, I don't care what the analytics say. 
it feels like we're at zero percent for this team right now. I, I mean, that's the thing is it doesn't matter if they don't win their games. They have they've had everything lined up for them in ways that that matter. And I mean, like here's the other thing is that like you know if 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 they magically found a way to win out, and I say magically because they're not winning a, another game with the way that they're playing right now, and I don't see them turning it around unless something drastic happens uh, within the next week. Uh, you know, there's there's chances for like you know because the Browns have to play the Texans and those are two teams that you equally need need to lose. There's other teams that can still fall apart, but like at, at this at this point, what does it matter when you can't win your own games? If, if they had if they had won their other games, we wouldn't be having this discussion. And I think right now you're seeing an erosion of a lot of things. Uh, you know, people called for Matt Canada's head, uh, you know, to be fired. And listen, the offense was terrible and all that. But since he's been gone, they're scoring less points. And I didn't even I was like, I didn't think that that could happen. Um, and so I think that's where this team is, is that they have no hope on offense and on defense. I, I think that it, it's it's tough to get to go too hard on the defense for a group that was down to Miles Killebrew and Patrick Peterson playing safety in this game and guys playing in positions that they had never played in before. Um, but at the same time, this is a t- this was a team that the defense had carried them to pretty much all of their wins this year. They had seven of their wins. I think you contribute to the defense leading this team. At some point, it needed its offense to step up. It never has. Uh, it's had some clutch moments with Kenny Pickett, but when he, if he's not finishing the game, which he hasn't, I think, five times now, um, the Steelers have, have not had answers late in game with their offense, and there's a lot of blame to go around everywhere, including Mike Tomlin, who uh, now I think that this is a point where we have not seen the Steelers under him in what is this, his 16th, 17th year? Yeah, yeah, and and listen, people are already talking about Mike Tomlin in the comments. So I guess let's just let's just get into that. I mean, yeah, let's do it. It's not just it's not just that they lost tonight, Chris. It's not just that they lost last week. It's not just that they lost, you know, to to um, you know the Cardinals. It's how they looked doing it. I mean, if if they, if things continue careening in this direction, Chris, what has to happen? I mean, how can you have much confidence? Despite what Mike Tomlin's done in his career, despite the national, pre- I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's careening out of control. And I, Rich Eisen can talk about he was on the broadcast talking about, mm-hmm. man, how does a team with all these weapons have two hundred and three yards? And I think that's a separate discussion. I think maybe these guys aren't as good as some of these national guys have talked them up to be. Um, and and you know, guys like Rich Eisen have gotten a little bit high on their own supply with with regard to the weapons the Steelers do or do not have. But I think that's you can have that conversation. You can also have the conversation about. Mike Tomlin and the, the the defeatist attitude that you see on that sideline right now. I mean, I think it, you know the defeatist attitude definitely came when they were down multiple scores and you know Mitch Trubisky threw another interception. And at that point, I did think it was over. Like even I was just like, "Look, there's I'm a and I'm a person who I look at every game at every level that I cover and think, oh, this team has a chance to do this. This team has a chance to do that because I've seen way too many crazy things happen in sports. And I thought if, if, if Mitch Trubisky just hits George Pickens on that wide open pass over the middle, that was well-designed. They're moving the ball there. They, 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 they get, they, they keep that drive going. If they score a touchdown, they're still in, they're still in the game, but he couldn't even do that. He was missing wide open guys left and right. He's been wildly inconsistent this, you know, for most of the season. And I, I also thought it was kind of, kind of nonsensical, to put Mason Rudolph in it at the end of that point, unless you just wanted to see what he had so that maybe you could play him next week if Kenny Pickett doesn't come back. But Mitch, and I get giving Mitch Trubisky a chance to start this week after, you know, he had a short week last week and, and was bad. But I, I think we have seen enough of the Mitch Trubisky ex- experiment. I also think that this is, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to point at right now. 
your, your center position is getting you crushed up the middle. You can you could barely run run over the middle of your off your offensive line to get crucial yards and big points. Um, and uh, and all of that is combining up for terrible play. I think that that's where it's at right now. And the same thing. And again, this goes back to Mike Tomlin. You know, I've we how many times have we seen a Steelers team down to their last legs in the season and find a way to scrap to claw their way to the end of the season? That has happened. Almost every, even in the bad seasons, they have found ways that they went 0 and 4 in 2013, found a way to get to 8 and 8. They went 2 and 6 last year, found a way to get to 9 and 8. They, you know, they were down to a fourth string undrafted rookie quarterback in 2019, found a way to get to 8 and 8 this year. If he doesn't do it this year, it's the first time ever. And I think that's where people are starting to say, hey, it's time for Mike Tomlin to go. And listen, I think that part of this, the parallel that I continue to draw historically when we compare how the Steelers have handled coaches. Bill Cowher had three straight uh, seasons where he missed the playoffs. Two of those losing seasons, one seven and nine, one six and ten. And on that third season, the Steelers were, I think, five and six, and or no, six and seven. I think it was, or no, six and six and six. And they finished three and one to end the season. And Dan Rooney said extended Bill Cowher at that point. And when he did. He said it's because he kept the locker room together and they still believe in this guy. And people called, called him crazy for doing that because they thought, yeah, don't fire Bill Cowher, but maybe don't extend him. Maybe we'll, we'll just see what happens there. Mike Tomlin is, is not having that kind of a finish to this season, and that is a big difference in this situation. Granted, I think it's tough to say one losing season should cost a guy his career, but uh, or his you know his career with, with the team when he's brought you a lot of success. But uh, you looking at the situation right now, I think you have to assess what is the core of this locker room. Does that core believe in Mike Tomlin? If they don't, then you do have to move on. How much do you think the last three games? I mean, matter in that regard, Chris. I mean, if they go two and one, is that enough to save his job? Get to nine and eight, get the, get that winning record that, that keeps the thing going. I think the stat that I'm more impressed with with Mike Tomlin all time is. I think they've played one game where they've been eliminated from the playoffs. This certainly feels like we're careening toward a second or a third game if they don't win next week. I mean, I don't know how the math is going to, like, when they'll officially be eliminated, but if they lose next week, they're done. I mean, yeah, mathematically, right? I mean, yeah. so, so you know, you have that on the ledger. I mean, this is one of the, his worst seasons, stacked yeah. up against a whole bunch of other ones. And, and I've said for two years, um, you know, you gotta be, you got to look good by this point. That that was mm-hmm. my bar for Mike Tomlin. Yep. I, I was willing to give him last season. I was willing to give him, you know, the beginning of this season. But are you a team that can win in the playoffs? They they aren't right now. And and I don't. No, they're not. You can. But I I I also think that, that this is part of the question. Are they a team that's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
talented enough to win the playoffs right now. Like, are they a team that's been talented to win the playoffs the last few years? And Paul Zeiss joins us here. That's where I'm at is that if you're asking about, about these teams, like last year, that wasn't a playoff team. That was a team that, that they found a way to, to screech to nine wins at the end. Uh, 2021, same thing was with that. 2020, you know, a lot of people t- call that team a, team a fraud in the first place. I think that they should have done better in the playoffs. They didn't. 2019 with Devin Hodges, they weren't doing it there. I think that, th- that it's tough to look at those and say, oh, those were superstar teams that should have won a, won a whole lot. But I think what you can objectively look at right now, this team stinks. The way they're playing is stink, and they're giving up. And you look at that, that is objective. And when you're being objective about that, that's where you lead to, can Mike Tomlin be part of the process to straighten the, straighten the ship out in, in, in the coming years? Uh, I want to let Paul chime in because I, I think that he, he's, he's been, uh, he's been raring, raring to go here. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys stepping in for me there. Um, and I think that the biggest thing to me is, uh, I, I actually, I know I'm in the minority. I don't think Mike Tomlin would go for it. But I actually would say give him his last year. He's got one more year on his deal. I don't think he wants to be a lame duck coach. But I would say this. I would bring him in and say, Mike, you got to get this straightened out. You've earned enough equity. You've earned enough, you know what I mean, over the course of time. where We're going to give you one more year to get this straightened out. I don't want to hear about Eddie Faulkner being uh, or Mike Sullivan being, you know, promoted to offensive coordinator. You need to go out and get somebody else to run your offense. You probably need to clean out your quarterback room a little bit. Obviously, we'll give you Kenny Pickett if you think a new coordinator is going to help him, but you've got to get better. Uh, And and the other part of it is, uh, unfortunately, defensively, they've they've lost a couple of players. And and I don't know why this is the case, but their depth just doesn't seem to be there. Um, It it seems like you lose one or two guys. You lose Minka Fitzpatrick all of a sudden. You know, against uh, Gardner Minshew, who's throwing it all over the field, and it's like, how, how can it be that much of a drop off from him to whoever's next on the list? To, to, to be fair, they were down to Miles Killebrew and, and Patrick Peterson because uh, Trenton Thompson got hurt, Dick KZ got ejected, and Keanu Neal's on injured reserve. I feel you that that, that, that certainly you'd hope that you'd have more reserves, but I, I think that the safety position particularly was depleted. Uh, I, I think that we've now seen that the Steelers have tried to patch things up with Michael Walker as best they can at linebacker, but yeah. clearly he's he's starting to get exposed. And at, at some point, I do think people have to realize the backups of the backups are backups of the backups for a reason. And like, there's there's a legit like we can say, oh, you you know, next man up and all that, but eventually you get down to guys. There's a reason that they were on the couch not playing football recently, and that's not an excuse to anything. But I do feel like the safety position, I'm willing to give that group a pass because I'm like. Miles Killerbrew isn't supposed to be – he's a special teams guy. He's not even – he's not right. supposed to be touching the field. Well, I mean, I, I would agree with you 100%, Chris. That's why I say give, I would give Mike Tomlin one more year, but I wouldn't give him an I extension. I would not give him an Same. extension. Same. I would say, listen, you've got to show progress next year. Not that we don't have faith in you because obviously you've done a lot of things here that you've earned, you know, the right to continue to move on. But what we've seen this year, you know, the last four or five weeks is not acceptable. I get it. Listen, right. I get it. You've had some injuries. You might even say Kenny Pickett, obviously, um, you know, is, is more valuable to this team than most people think. But I can't get past the fact that the last three weeks you played Gardner, you played Gardner Minshew, you played a two and ten Patriots team, and you played a two and ten Cardinals team, and you played Bailey Zappi. I mean. You can't go 0-3 in those games. You just I can't. I, 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 I think 
the Steelers, even with their injuries, mm-hmm. should be able to win two of those three games. And if they won two of those three games, Chris, we're sitting here having a completely – even, even if they win yep. their last two games and they lose this game exactly the same way, we're having a completely different dis- uh, discussion other than now you're 7-7. Seven and seven, Almost assuredly, you have to go three and out in order to, in order to get to the playoffs. Listen, listen, Paul. I'm right with you on the on the one the, the playoff situation. That this team was seven and four coming home to play two two win teams at home and looking like they were going to cruise to playoff position. They have utterly collapsed. I don't think we've ever seen this under Tomlin. This kind of a collapse that against those type of teams in these type of situations. And that's why I'm with you. Tom doesn't deserve an extension right now. And it's not unless even about deserve an extension. It's more about if you're the Steelers and you're logically running an organization, you don't necessarily cut ties because I'm with you. If the, if the Steelers do end up with a losing season, it's the first ever. And I think it would be a lot to fire a guy for one losing season after he won seven division titles, two AFC titles, a Super Bowl, and all the and hasn't had hadn't had a losing season up to this up to that point. But you look at it like you said, the next year. You got to find answers. And I'd also say this is an opportunity for you to go find an offensive coordinator that you think might also have a potential to be a head coach and be your interim uh, if if Mike Tomlin doesn't work out next year. Uh, so I, I'm with you on the boat here. Mike Tomlin doesn't deserve an extension. And this is also why the Steelers as an organization haven't given him just open extent, like, like you know, not a Patrick Mahomes type contract and saying, you're our guy for the next 10 years. They've given him two years, three years, two years, three years. And now he's at a point. And I think their most recent was even just one year. I think they're at a point where they might get, they'll let him finish out the contract. And I think he's earned, he's earned that over the state, over the course of his career, but he, but he needs to earn an extension. And like you said, that means real progress next year. Guys, I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation, specifically Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I don't see how we see him in a game again, other than, you know, if Kenny Pickett's not good to go next week, Mason Rudolph gets hurt. Um, I think he's done here. I think this is this is the end of the road for Mitch Trubisky. Let's let's look back at that move. Um, you know, to to bring him in ostensibly as the starter before you draft pick Kenny Pickett, you choose to start him last year. You give him that chance. Um, flames out. He he comes back this season after Kenny Pickett gets injured. Flames out again. I mean, was this a botched move? And did we give Mitch well, Trubisky too much credit? Through, throughout the past two years? I think that the thing about it is most people like the move, especially once they drafted Kenny Pickett. It was kind of like, okay, you've got a guy now in Mitch Trubisky who's going to be a pretty good veteran backup that's got some success. The only thing I didn't like about when they signed Mitch Trubisky is there were people that were trying to convince themselves that a year with Brian DeBole as the backup quarterback in Buffalo yeah. was going to suddenly make him a different quarterback than he was in Chicago. That was the only thing I had a problem with. Once they drafted Kenny Pickett, I said, you know what? They've got a pretty good quarterback situation. Mitch Trubisky is exactly what you want in your backup. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's proven he can win in the NFL. He's a guy that has proven he can do some, you know, some good things. Uh, but he gets exposed if you play him too much. As the backup to Kenny Pickett, a rookie last year at the time, as a backup, I think it works. I just don't know what we're looking at here with Matt <laughs> Mitch Trubisky because this is a Mitch Trubisky that's even a worse version than what we saw in Chicago. And I mean, to, to your point, Paul, I, I, people were saying he shouldn't have started this game. And 
I feel you. I feel that because he wasn't good in the last game. But when I also look at the Steelers situation, like last year, when he started against the Panthers, that was a must win game they had they needed from him last year. And he was solid. He was 17 to 22, 179 yards, uh, you know, was able to keep the keep the keep drives alive. He delivered there and he had a chance. This year against the Patriots, he wasn't he wasn't good, but it was also a short week against a tough defense. As bad as the Patriots are, their defense is good. I think we've seen we've seen that they've been able to hold teams like the like the Eagles down uh, earlier this year. They beat the Cowboys, but I think that when you look at, at at those two, you say, okay, we'll give Mitch another chance, a full week's chance to prepare and be ready. And heck, they even scored a touchdown early in this game. They they were able to get a touchdown, and you know they scored on a short field after after the blocked punt, and everything was looking fine. But as this game wore on, you just continued to see the breaking down of mechanics, the you know not executing the basic time, basic things. And and again, like you know, people want to blame play calling. Pat Frymuth wide open on on a third down over the middle, no one around him. The ball sails like the complete other direction. George Pickens runs a, a runs a route over the middle, wide open on a fourth down, and it's thrown or a second down, and it's thrown over his head for an interception. Mitch Trubisky says, "Oh, he ran the wrong way, man." At some point, you got to be able to make the throw, and I think that there's, I think that's where Mitch Trubisky he isn't cerebral of enough of a quarterback enough to stay out of bad plays, and he doesn't, he's not consistent of a thrower enough to make up for that. And that's where they're at. And I don't think if Kenny Pickett can't go next week, I think it's very reasonable to, to, to say, Hey Mason, what do you got? Cause we don't got nothing else. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Chris. I mean, I think that the, the, I actually agreed with the idea of playing Mitch Trubisky this week yeah. for what exactly you said. I mean, Mason Rudolph hasn't played for so long. You, you kind of figure, okay, Mitch Trubisky got his feet wet a little bit against the Cardinals. Then he played a whole game, you know, against the Patriots then he had a whole what, nine or ten days to sort of get ready. You kind of, I, I expected him to play a lot better than he did today. That's really what it comes Same. down to. And, and the bottom line is now, I would tell you, okay, I get it that Mason Rudolph hasn't really played in, in a couple of years, but can he really be worse than six points? Which, let's face it, Mason, uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky put up six points tonight. They got, you know, the the the, yeah. the, uh, for the, the, the punt block that put them on the half-yard line, basically, yeah. which was one touchdown. I mean, basically, what we're talking about is the Steelers scored as an offense six points. There. Well, seven. We'll even give them, even though they missed the extra point on that, we'll give them seven. Sure. It's not good enough. I mean, to I me, I mean, the Colts' defense is, is, is okay, but they're not great. Uh, the Bengals put, or who was it? Did they play the Bengals last week? Is that who put 30 points on them last week? Uh, whoever it was. So I, I just think that now there's no excuse. There's no reason not to put Mason Rudolph in there and say, hey, let's see what he can do. Now, if Kenny Pickett can come back, obviously you're going to go with him. Uh, but if you're going to rush him back and he's not 100%, I would go with Mason Rudolph and just say, listen, Rudolph, let's see what you got. That's that's, I agree. that's just me. That's just me. No, no, I I agree right now. Like you said, you gave him his chance. It didn't work out for him. And you're in a position now where you got to say, you know what? Hey, Mitch, we we saw it. We you know we gave you a chance. We, we're sorry, but we got to move on. I'm not even sorry. Just we we got to move on. We got to try <laughs> something else because it's just like it, it's it's like hey, you got to talk. You talk about sparks, like, and that's the thing. This is a this is a team. This is an offense that's not going to develop any routine consistency this year they're just not they're not they don't have the talent they don't have the coordination right now they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna get there but you can get sparks of decent moments and 
sometimes you just need to just hope for that in the in situations. I think that's what Mike Tomlin was trying to see if they could just jump start for Mason Rudolph at the end of the game. Didn't look too good when that when that when that situation was going at you with pre-vet defense. Um, but uh, you know, I look I look at this and I say like, man, like it's just it's a tough spot to be in across the board. You're not going to be able to um to 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 win football games when you're scoring 13 points. And since and here's the crazy part. Since Matt Canada has been fired, the Steelers are averaging 14.25 points per game. And this is not to say Matt Canada was propping up this offense or anything like that. But I, I think it's also a sign that, like, just firing him wasn't going to be enough to fix some of the problems the Steelers have. And I think legitimately some of them, some of them, a lot of them are at the quarterback position where they haven't been consistent at all, at all this year. Yeah, Chris, and I think some of these moves, I think – Firing Matt Canada was was a signaling thing, right? Like it was right. it was Mike Tomlin trying to keep the critics at bay somewhat by like here's here's Matt Canada. I've handed him to you on a um, you know on a platter tonight. There was I don't think there was any practical reason for trying to win the game to put Mason Rudolph in there. I think it was all about signaling to the fans on some level and, and maybe getting his feet a little bit wet going into next week. But you know what? Heard John Mitch. And and kind of trying to take the the temperature down on that a little bit, and and that's a tough place for for a coach to be, where where you can tell by the, some of the decisions that that the pressure is, um, you know, maybe getting to him. Um, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the defense, uh, specifically some of the star players, some of the discourse from the past week, and how they um, handled things tonight. Before we do, just want to thank a couple more sponsors: Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County. Build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, guys, a lot of discourse this week, like I said, about Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, how these are the games that, that you step up and win because you're guys, you're the guys making the most, you're the stars of the team. Um, how fair is that to them? Um, TJ Watt gets a couple of sacks tonight. Cam Hayward, you know, he's, I think gotten progressively better since coming back from the injury. Um, then of course you lose Minka Fitzpatrick to the injury and the defense gets shredded. I mean, how reasonable was it for anyone to expect those guys to salvage, which what I think are, you know, there's huge holes in this defense right now, and it feels like it's getting hard to deny that that the depth just isn't there anymore. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Well, and I would think, honestly, if you watch Cam Hayward, um, you know, I know he's healthy and he's back playing, but he still doesn't look like he's 100%. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I think he, he makes a few plays here and there, but for the most part, you know who Cam Hayward is. You know how he shows up on film, and, and right now he just isn't. I, I, I mean, I don't, I, when you're his age, Coming off that injury, I, I just don't know that he's 100%. So I, I don't know if it's fair, you know, to, to to judge him based on what we're seeing other than to say, you know, he's, he, he's given everything he's got. He just probably isn't 100%. T.J. Watt is doing what he can do. I don't know about Alex Eismith tonight. I mean, again, he's another one that, you know, he, he's coming off an injury. I don't know what we got to see from him. Minka Fitzpatrick got hurt. Uh, but the bottom line is I still I still believe Against Gardner Minshew, who I know, I get it. I know he's had some good games. Against Gardner Minshew, uh, you're probably not supposed to get chewed up the way they did. And I think, honestly, the one the one drive that has to drive you crazy if you're a Steelers fan, because it isn't really uh, incumbent on Minka Fitzpatrick or DeMonte Casey or anything other than just basically winning battles at the at the point of attack and you had all your guys you're supposed to is when they went what was it 12 or 13 plays and kicked the field goal to make it 30 and it was all running plays that's a little bit uh, troubling to me um clearly it's not you know by the by the middle of the game it wasn't the defense that they thought they were going to have uh but i i kind of felt like and i and i hate to say this i I don't want to say they quit but I want to say there was a point when the wind went out of their sails and maybe they weren't quite as, as, as intense and motivated as they were at the beginning of the game when they were flying around the field and hitting people. No, I'm right with you. I think part of it, too, is, you know, I looked at some of those plays and like I have to look at them closer to like you know do film analysis like i normally do and stuff but like it just it just looked like the steelers were just late to their gaps like the defensive line were like kind of stalemating the the offensive line and then it was just about could the linebackers get to the right spots uh and and they just weren't and and i I think like you saw like a lot of people were saying what about mark robinson what about mark robinson (sighs) there were some plays where mark robinson was like which way did he go? And it was just, it was, it was that bad. And I was just like, that's why Michael Walker has been has come off the practice squad and been there. And to credit Michael Walker for a guy coming off the couch and been on the practice squad and all that stuff, I think he held his own for as long as he can. But at some point when you're down to fourth and fifth string line, linebackers, they're going to be ripped apart. And uh, the Steelers needed their defensive line to hold up. And I think you're right about Cam Hayward. I think that he's injured right now, and he's, he's been fighting through it because he's a captain and everything. He didn't even take his day off this week. He said, I know, we, we got to practice. We got to keep – we got to fight. He's he's being, being that leader. But, you know, he's injured. He's also old. I mean, that's the other factor here, like – this might be the last straw for Cam Hayward. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I hope it's not. I like covering the guy. I think he, I think he should, if he can play, he'll be back. He'll be back next year. But like, realistically, when you're dealing with a groin injury and you've played in the NFL as long as he has since what, 2011, that's not easy to just come back from. And so you have that, you have that defensive line. Larry Ogan Joby made a play today, but he hasn't been, you know, really good this season. Keanu Benton's been, been a nice, been a nice boost. But you haven't had dominant defensive line play uh, this this year. And I think that that's a big part of this, too, is that you had the linebackers holding you up for a while because Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts were flying around everywhere, making plays. But now you're down to just Quan Alexander or just uh, Landon Roberts. So I'm right with you. I think part of it, at the end of there, they couldn't even stop the run, which is what they were really good at early on this early on this year when things were clicking. 
Um, and you know, as, as far as, as far as the defense, if you're, if you can't, if you don't have safeties and you don't have linebackers and your defensive lines, okay, you're, you're hoping to win on very few things. And I can, if I'm an, if I'm an offense, I'm just saying, I'm going to run to the middle and attack the middle. I'm going to do everything to keep your ends, your ed, your edge rushers out of the game, which is what they eventually did when they took over. Yeah, and I think my thing with Cam Hayward is, um, you know, there's a, there's a difference between playing at an All Pro level, a Pro Bowl level, and and just being a good player, right? And and that, you know, him just maybe, you know, going down to that level of a good player. But I think we're kind of seeing some signs of that with Aaron Donald, right? Is Aaron Donald the same dominant force he once was? No, is he still a good player? Or you you know, is he still better than 85, 80% of the, the players in the NFL? Probably, but it, it feels like Cam Hayward this year took a step back from that Pro Bowl level. And and that's that's just gonna happen at his age. It doesn't mean that he necessarily has to be done. It, it does mean that probably his best years are are starting to be behind him. Um, guys, just want to get into some couple nuts and bolts real real quick here about this game, specifically the KZ ejection. Did you guys have a problem? with the ejection I think most of us agree it was a penalty but I think it was borderline whether you just throw the guy straight out of the game for that hit well my thing about that is if you watch it in slow-mo he doesn't launch his helmet at the guy right I mean he actually hits him with his shoulder I I definitely think it was a 15-yard penalty I probably wouldn't have thrown him out but I don't know Chris probably knows better but I don't think that play is reviewable and I think they threw the flag um kind of you know I know in college the targeting call is is reviewable. I know it's not targeting in the NFL, but I think uh, that particular play, I don't think it's reviewable. And I think in real time, if you watched it, you thought, oh my goodness, that guy just was a missile, you know, threw his helmet at this dude and, and, and you know, he might have paralyzed him. Um, so it, it, it may, Chris can speak to this more than me, but if it's not a reviewable play, I, I can completely understand why they threw him out of the game, because in real time, it kind of did look like he he launched himself with his helmet. If it is reviewable, then it's a horrific call. I mean, then it's absolutely silly, because if you watch it in slow motion, it's pretty clear he hits him with his shoulder and not his helmet. So I believe if the officials wanted to just take a look at it, they could absolutely do it and, and make that decision on their own. But once a player is ejected, it's not like college when you can say, oh, wait, let's look back at that and see if that actually was targeting. It's not like that. And also, like, at the same time, like, when is the first offense of a, of a bad hit led to players being ejected? I think Kyle Hamilton had a similar hit just a, just a little bit ago for the Ravens and, you know, and was kept and was kept in the game. And his actually was helmet to helmet. That's the other thing. You know, KZ – I think he was trying to make a play on, on the ball and then Pittman stretched out and KZ was just in a position where that guy is, is at my, is at my stomach level. I can't get lower than him. And I think that was just a bad situation. And listen, I get knee jerk reactions. Your job as officials, I'm sure they're being told like, Hey, we got to protect players because people are coming at the NFLs every, every, every week saying that they don't care about their players, that this is too dangerous a game and, 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 they shouldn't be playing this game and things like that. So I understand there might be some part of a knee-jerk reaction, but throwing a player out of a out of a game for a very you know it was it was an illegal hit. Like you said, I agree entirely. It should have been flagged. It's it's you know a defenseless receiver and, and a hit and a hit to the head. Uh, but I, I there was nothing egregious on the part of of Devontae Casey so, and uh, him being thrown out. I think was a huge mistake on there. Yeah, Chris. So my question is, why didn't they review it? Like you shouldn't throw a guy out if you're not going to review. You should if you're going to throw agree. a guy if you're going to throw a guy out of the game, you should review the play. 
because at the end of the day, in real time, like I said, I thought it was a lot worse than it actually was. I definitely agree that it was a penalty. But once you look at it in slow motion, you're like, oh, well, wait, he didn't hit him with his helmet, you know? And so my question is, if you're going to throw somebody out of the game, I mean, you're throwing a guy out of the game, which, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, like you said earlier, Chris, next man up and all that other stuff, but you're throwing a guy out of the game, which means you're going to basically limit the other team in many ways by basically, because they can only dress, what is it, 43 guys or 44 guys or whatever it is. So you're going to limit the other team. You better be sure. That would be my question is, I don't have a problem with the penalty. I know there's some Steelers fans that didn't like the penalty. I don't have a problem with the penalty. Right. But if you're going to throw a guy out of the game, you should review it and make sure that it was a helmet-to-helmet where he launched and used his helmet to hit somebody, which he clearly did not do. No, I agree entirely. That's the, that's the, that's the whole thing here is that if – because throwing a guy out of the game – one impacts the team, but also impacts them, and you know that's gonna that's gonna impact their paycheck even even worse. So I'm I'm right with you. You got to be able to re- you got to be able to review that and look at that more seriously. Last thing I wanted to ask you guys about was um, the the decision to punt there on Indy's 39 rather than attempt to kick the field goal down two scores. I mean, end of the day, I don't know if it matters <laughs> as much, but it, what did you think of that decision in the moment? Um, you know, given given that you need 10 points to tie the game and, and you passed on a chance to get well, three. I think you were down – I think, I think you, you were down 11, right? I think it was 24-13 at the time. Oh, it was 11, yeah. You're down 11, okay? Now, if uh, again, we don't have the benefit of watching Mike Tomlin's postgame yet. If Chris Boswell is hurt in any way or there's something wrong with him or his foot is hurting or his groin was hurting or something, okay, fine. But – to pass on a 56-yard field goal in a dome in perfect conditions off turf after we would just watch Chris Boswell, was it the last game or the game before? I think it might have been the game before where he blasted one at Heinz at Aquashore Stadium, right? He blasted one with a little bit of wind, and it was outdoors, off the grass. That would have been good for about 65. I have no idea why you don't kick it there. May, again, I did not. We 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 uh, full disclosure. We did not get the chance to see Mike Tomlin. I'm sure someone asked him about about it. But if Boswell was healthy, then to me, it's absolutely dereliction of duty that you didn't kick a field goal there. And the one thing I'll say is the the missed extra point was weird early in the game. Like that was like that that was uncharacteristic of Chris Boswell. So maybe that was you know maybe there's there's something wrong there and we don't know this boswell certainly he's had multiple years with injuries that have been kept uh below you know below us knowing in the media and in the public uh and then it comes out at the end of the season yet he, he needed to have surgery and it's you know led to you know some subpar years so or some subpar games so like you know that may be a thing but I, i'm kind of with you like this was a team that you needed any sort of spark you know, and kicking a field goal there could have given you at least some sort of momentum or a, a victory of some kind, uh, and and also made it a one score game if if he makes it. Granted, if you miss it, you give the other team the ball at midfield, and your defense has to has to defend just fifty yards, and you're hoping maybe if you could pin him inside the ten, they could you could get some momentum off, off of that. Ult- ultimately, I I didn't like the decision not to kick the field goal, but it's like thing number like twenty five on my list. Of <laughs> what was bad today? Guys, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Chris, you're going to be back on the North Shore Drive on Monday. 
Um, so we'll have plenty of reaction um, previewing the, the Bengals game to the extent to the extent it still matters. We'll, we'll be talking about it on our podcast all week. Uh, but any just you know for now and, until we get to Monday after we've had this, some time to digest this, listen to some of the post game comments. Um, any thoughts on what we saw tonight? Um, I I mean I think that right now you you're in a uh, uh, you're in a spot where you have to find some sort of answers. You have to you have to find some sort of uh, some sort of fight in the final three games. Um, and then that needs to, that that's the priority right now for this for this team and for this organization. Um, and the, I mean, right now you're in the middle of one of the worst colla- with the one of the worst collapses we've seen. Um, and but again, I think that part of it is as 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 Paul Zeiss has said. I think with one year left on his contract, Mike Tomlin's in a situation where you give him at least one one year to fix a problem because last year it was a positive end to what was starting off as a disaster season. No one expected them to fight back the way they did and to actually uh, finish with a winning record last year. So I think that last year and the year before uh, were, were actually like you know, the Steelers overachieving in seasons that they should have maybe been four or five win teams uh, with the way that they, that they were built. Um, and just the reality of that's what happens when you're, franchises at this point of a of the trajectory of how things have been built and guys retiring and getting old but now you're in a position where this was supposed to be a chance to step forward it hasn't worked out you've dealt with a lot of things you get at least one year to t- to figure that out but the pressure is on down the stretch here to find out who are your fighters who are your warriors who who, who still believes in this team to get the win and the Steelers have had those guys step up before if they don't I think that that poses a bigger question for the Roonies as far as keeping Tomlin under his current contract. Well, my 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 thoughts are this. Um, you know, I know we're down on them right now, and <laughs> I can't believe that people are going to say, "Ah, oh, you're the rosy picture guy." But <laughs> um, you know, I always try and be measured. I know people don't believe that, but I always try and be very measured. I mean, I feel like if they beat the Bengals, now you're right back into it next. You know, next week. Uh, but it's but it's definitely a one game season now, you yeah. know you you cannot lose to the bank. If you lose to the Bengals, it's over. Because here's the thing: if you lose to the Bengals, it means the best you can do is nine. Nine is probably not going to get you in. But the other thing is, if you're going to get in in nine, you're going to need tiebreakers. Losing to the Bengals and 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 then losing this game this week and the Patriots last week, your 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 AFC record is taking a real beating, you know. And and their conference record is a part of your tiebreakers. So it's a one-game season, and I feel like it, it, this: if if they if they can beat the Bengals, uh, then you you know survive again and advance to the Seattle game and see what happens there. Uh, but if they're going to do that, the biggest thing they're going to have to do is figure out some way on offense to generate points. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I don't care what you do. I don't care who the quarterback is. Don't care if you run flea flickers. Don't care if you run reverses. Don't care if you run, you know, jet sweeps. Whatever. You've got to find a way to get to 20 points in order to beat the Bengals. And if you do that, say, you know, I don't care if it's 20 to 19. If you beat the Bengals, you know, you, you at least extend your season and then maybe a couple guys get more healthy and you have a shot. But uh, this – you know, I said before this game that this was, you know, going to be a really tough one to rebound for. For whatever, for whichever team loses is going to have a hard time rebounding for it. All I can tell you now is you've got to, and again, I don't know what's going on in the night game, but you've got to root for the Lions and you've got to root for the Cowboys over the next couple of days here 
uh, just to kind of keep your, your, your really, your, your, your realistic hopes alive. Um, it's not impossible though. It's just a, it's a one game season, Chris. I mean, it's a one day season, I Adam, and, and, and it's a one game next week, Saturday, all, you know, you and I, Chris will be in the, in the building for it next week. Uh, win that one and then see where you stand at the end of that one. But right now, uh, this was as bad. I, I'll be honest with you. I thought they were going to win the game. I really believe they were. Listen, with this team, whenever the, everyone writes them off, they lost two to two and ten teams, and everybody's ripping on them, and former Steelers are ripping on them, and Merle Hodges is ripping on them, and, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Clark and, 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 and uh, Chris Hoke and Ben and everybody. Everybody's ripping on this team. Usually that's when Mike Tomlin says, I got something up my sleeve. And when they started off 13 to, 13 to nothing, I thought, well, I mean, you know, here we go. So I can't say that they're done until they're actually done. And now it's a one-game season. They've got to win this game against the Bengals, or then they will be legitimately done. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a one-win, it's a one-game season right now. I, I mean, I also think that should have been the approach this week. This is this is a one-game season going in, into into this game. Um, you know, we we've heard that you know Kenny Pickett's pushing to try to return next week. <sighs> you, you know, you gotta you gotta wonder what's gonna happen with that. Um, but the, the Steelers need to find answers fast. This is a, this is this is the urge. You know, Mike Tomlin said the team there felt a sense of urgency this week. I think we saw it to start the game, and then it wilted away once things started to go to go, to go south for the team. Uh, I I also think that you know when you're missing you know some of your core leaders like Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, and you don't even have his backups to even play play in the game. You know, it's going to be tough to rally in those situations, but you got to find somebody in something. Uh, we also just saw now just see uh, Steelers, uh, Burt, uh, Burt Lawton just said that Cam Hayward's in the concussion protocol. So we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the week. It just <laughs> hits keep on coming for the Steelers. Um, but yeah, I'm right with you guys. Like this is, uh, you know, this is, this, this is up to, it's up to next week or it's completely done. Uh, and if they find a way to pull off next week, you know, more power to them and the, and the season's alive. But certainly, even even without that, like this is still a, a really bad stretch, and I think it's going to force the Steelers to reevaluate things at the end of the season. And reevaluate doesn't mean getting rid of Mike Tomlin, but I do think it means uh, being a little bit more aggressive with how they're going to for- force things. I think that your offensive coordinator's search should also be you know, a guy who can mold quarterbacks and kind of lead and be a legitimate leader of an offense, not just a play caller. Um, and that's going to be, that's got to be part of the search. Cause I also think that if you hire that guy next year, there also has to be a sense of like, Hey, you could, you could either a get, become the next great offensive coordinator because you've turned around the Steelers in drastic fashion and you'll get a head coaching job real fast or B you'll be our guy. If Mike Tomlin's gone the year after that, because that's the other thing here. You talked about a lame duck year for Mike Tomlin. They have to hire an offensive coordinator next year. And if Mike Tomlin's around hiring an offensive coordinator, a lot of guys are going to say like, man, I don't want to get fired after one year. So I think that whoever you're getting has to also be a guy you would feel comfortable giving a chance to run your franchise and be your head coach after that. So I think that also plays into the situation the Steelers are in. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, go ahead. No, real quickly. Last thing I would like to say about that. And, and I agree with you, Chris, 100%. Um, you know, if you bring somebody in, uh, I think you have to bring in a quarterback, not, I, I, here's, here's my thoughts. Okay. Chris uh, and Adam, my thoughts are you have to give a new coordinator. You'd have to give Kenny Pickett the opportunity to play with a new coordinator. Sure. 
Absolutely. But you also have to go get somebody. And I'm going to tell you, the name that I keep coming up with is Kirk Cousins. Because coming off an injury like that, he probably is not going to expect to go into somewhere and be a starter. But he's someone that you know has been the ability to start on a winning football team in case a new offensive coordinator comes in and Kenny Pickett doesn't get done. You don't want to throw out next season, just throw it away. So it can't be, well, we've got Mitch and Mason behind Kenny Pickett. It's got to be go out and get somebody. You know, I've heard people say, you know, Justin Fields, he's not coming somewhere where he's not going to be the starter. Maybe you bring him in. I don't know if a guy like that is actually going to work, but there are some guys who have proven they can win in the NFL that, you know, a guy like, you know, Kirk Cousins, like I said, he's hurt. He's coming off an injury, probably lower expectations for him. Bring him in, let him be the backup. And then, of course, if Kenny Pickett doesn't get it done in the first three or four games, you're not throwing the season away. But if you go into next season with Kenny Pickett, Mason, and, and Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback room. You're asking for a lot of hurt. Yeah, I, I just don't know if you're really giving yourself the best chance to win. I, I even think beyond Kirk Cousins, draft a quarterback. This is a, this is a good draft. This is a good draft right. class of quarterbacks co- co- coming up here. And I think part of the, the Steelers' problem is right now is you look if you look at their backup quarterbacks. Mr. Bisky was never going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. Mason Rudolph is never going to get a chance to actually start in the NFL unless you know it's an emergency situation like next week and they don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. Get, getting in a guy who maybe like let's say Jaden Daniels falls to them in the first round. You got to take a guy like that. You got to give yourself a chance because let's say Kenny Pickett does hit next year, you could trade away Jaden Daniels someday and 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 recoup some value for that. But you got to be prepared. Quarterback is the one position that you can, you you are allowed to overinvest in because if, if you hit it right once, your franchise is good for fifteen years and you, and it's worth that kind that kind of an investment. And I think that if you put yourself in a position where you have another option, if Kenny Pickett doesn't work with this next offensive coordinator and next whoever is co- is coaching this team in all their positions, I think then you have a chance to say, "Hey, we can get a, we can have a different look here and have something moving. Uh, you know, have an option to move forward with if Kenny Pickett isn't the guy." But I also with you, Kenny Pickett should be given the chance here. And I and I know, I know a lot of people think I hate Kenny Pickett because I've you know the way I've pick, picked out his play and said, "Hey, this hasn't been good. This hasn't been good." This hasn't been good, but I'm a guy who like I've, I think that if Kenny Pickett had the right things aligned, I think he could be he could be a very good quarterback and lead the Steelers in a positive way. I think he has a lot of the makings of being a good NFL quarterback, but he needs to deliver and he needs to be able and he needs to do that. And maybe you just need a coordinator that can be also a quarterbacks coach at the same time and be like, hey, we're looking this way on these plays. This is what we're looking at. I'm going to get you straight and give you the best chance to win. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there. Um, we're going to have a lot more fodder for the rest of the week. Uh, like I said earlier, Christopher will be back on Monday for the North Shore Drive. Paul and I will be back on Thursday with our usual uh, show that we do then. And then uh, we're also going to be back next, what, Saturday? we got another Saturday game here. <laughs> um, yeah, me and Paul will be back Saturday after next the next game against the Bengals. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm a little bit. Um, Otherwise, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you, man. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.